So, so the reason that we gathered this morning uh, is simply so that um, we can celebrate uh, something called the Incarnation. And I know some of you are confused because you thought the reason we were gathering this morning was so that we could watch cute kids uh, tell a cute story and, and do some fun things. And we're going to get to do that and it's going to be enjoyable. But the reason we do this, the reason this all matters, the reason this is all important is simply because of something called the Incarnation. The Incarnation is, uh, is this moment in time where God rips open the curtain and steps into human history. God becomes flesh. And, and Jesus stepping into human history, as a reminder, as, as we have been working through this Advent series, it's simply this. It is the most significant event that the world has ever seen. Understand this. It does not get more important than the incarnation of Jesus Christ. It does not get bigger than Jesus. Okay, and so as, as, we, as we lit the candle today, and you heard from April and Eric as, as they, they talked about this, they had this conversation, uh, and they, they asked the question. It's like Mary and Joseph, being obedient to what God has put in front of them, paved the way for what God was going to do through the incarnation uh, of Jesus. And so we see that obedience becomes necessary. And I want, you to, I want you to ruminate on that for a second. And I want you to let that sink in, that your obedience to what God has put in front of you is necessary for God to do what he wants to do in you. And I, I need you to track with that, especially here on this Christmas season, because what happens is a lot of times we, we will say things like, oh, we want God to do things in us as individuals. We want God to do things um, in our families. We want God to do things in our marriages. We want God to do things with our finances. We want God to do things uh, in our workplace. We want God to do all kinds of things. Well, the way that God works through you is when you go where he wants you to go and you do what he wants you to do and you're obedient to the things that he puts in front of you. When you're obedient to the call of God, God then works through you. And it's a necessary thing for us to remember as we celebrate the incarnation, okay? Uh, because this, it, doesn't get, it doesn't get bigger than this. And one of the things that we see as we've gone through this series is that today we talk about um, why a virgin. We've been tracking through um, in this series, why Jesus? Why did things happen when they did? Why the way they did? Why was it necessary that, that Jesus be born of a virgin? And I'm going to tell you uh, that one of the things that's the first to go in the secular world that we live in when we start talking about the Christmas story, one of the first things to go, one of the hardest things to believe is the fact that Jesus was actually um, born without being conceived in the normal way. That he was born of a virgin. And the reason that that's so hard to grasp is because we end up viewing it like it's this mythological thing. Because what we say is, well, that's not something we could ever reproduce. Right? That's not something we could ever <laughs> reproduce. I was funny and I didn't even mean to. Um, but that's not something we could ever do on our own. We could never reproduce that experiment. We could never make that happen. And so because we can't make it happen, therefore it's not natural. It must be mythological. The problem is 
that just because it's not natural doesn't mean it can't happen. So let's all acknowledge here for a second that the virgin birth is a crazy doctrine of Christianity, and it is a necessary doctrine of Christianity, and it is not mythological, but it's something here that I'm going to tell you. It's supernatural. Supernatural kind of gets a bad rap in the world we live in, because if you turn on the sci-fi channel, you get like the ghost hunters and the whatever else, and we think, oh, it's the supernatural. Super just means above. So all supernatural means is that it's above the natural order. Well, guess who is above the natural order? The one who sets the natural order into motion. So anything that happens that we can't scientifically explain through nature, anything that happens that's above... Well, of course it's that way because God is supernatural. He is above nature. He sets the natural order in motion and he exists above it. And so when God does things we would call them supernatural. The other word for that is miraculous. And the virgin birth is miraculous, but the virgin birth is necessary. And it's necessary for a couple of reasons. This is the text that we've been jumping off on all, all series and we'll continue for the next couple of weeks. In Galatians 4, 4 and 5, it simply says this, but when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law, so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And something that we see in that text is that the virgin birth is a necessary reality of who Jesus is. That the virgin birth was necessary. Okay? Last week we looked at that, just that first little statement, but when the right time came. But then we, we continue in the text. When the right time came, God sent his son, but he had to do it specially. God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. And God had to send his son, born of a woman, subject to the law, to accomplish this purpose, to buy freedom from us who were slaves to the law. See, there's something very real about the fact that the virgin birth was what we would call a necessity. Okay, You can, you can read through this with me in, um, in Luke chapter 1. Uh, this, you know this account well. This is the account of the angel visiting Mary. In the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. The kingdom will never end. But then Mary asks a pretty legit question. But how can this happen since I'm a virgin? The legit question part was mine. It's not in here. Okay? But, but she asked the question, how can this happen since I'm a virgin? The angel replied this. This is, this is the story. This is the doctrine of the virgin birth is happening right here. God says, he sends his angel who says, hey, Mary, favored woman of God, you're going to have a baby. He's going to be son of the most high God. He is going to do all of these great things. And Mary says, time out. I'm confused. I'm a virgin. This can't work. What are we talking about? And here, here's where the doctrine comes in. Here, here's what the angel says. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Now, the Holy Spirit is God himself. 
Remember that. That's the third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is God himself. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby born to you will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she's conceived a son and is now in her sixth month for nothing is impossible with God. Track this now. Okay, this is why we have to understand here. Now, first of all, you know this is written by Luke. This is Luke chapter 1. You know Luke is, by profession, he didn't just write the gospel and write the book of Acts. Um, Luke was a physician. Okay, and, and, and Luke writes, we talked about this last week, Luke writes in an investigative kind of a style. Like, he has been commissioned to go investigate and write. And so, um, I would imagine that Luke, as a medical doctor, would be pretty incredulous about this, that he would want to know that he would want to ask, right? That he would want some answers as to how this virgin birth happened. But, but here's, here's what the angel says. And, and he lays out two options side by side. In the first one, it's Mary. Mary says, but I'm a virgin. How can this be? And, and the angel says, well, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you and, and will over, overcome you and, and you'll, be, you'll become pregnant because God will supernaturally make it happen. Oh, and by the way, your cousin, Elizabeth, she's going to get pregnant, even though it's going to take a miracle, she's going to get pregnant in a completely different way. She's going to get pregnant in the natural way. She's going to have a relationship, a physical relationship with her husband that will result in a child, even though she's past childbearing age and she's barren. And so the angel says, there's, there's two ways, right? And I'm going to miraculously do this, and you'll have John the Baptist come from it. But you, Mary, you are set apart. You are something significantly different. This is what's going to come from that union. This is what's going to happen, is son of the Most High God, and he'll be holy. Now, I'm going to tell you why that's so critical, okay? It's so critical for this reason. Look at 1 Timothy 2.5. This is the verse we need to know, and this is where we get to argue with some of our, our other um, denominational folks, um, uh, hopefully friendly argue, but, but this, is, this is a foundational, fundamental understanding of the Christian faith. Paul tells us this in 1 Timothy, there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity. See, here's what happens. One of the things that we know, okay, one of the things that we know is that humankind needs redeeming and that humankind is unable to bring redemption to itself. And so God supernaturally intervenes and what he does is he brings about this virgin birth and the result of that is that there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity and it's the man Jesus Christ. The whole point of this Christmas thing, the whole point is simply so that we could get to this point. And so while we're here and we're going to watch the kids and it's going to be great and it's going to be cute and we're going to giggle because they're kids and they're going to do some silly stuff and we're going to enjoy it, remember what we're doing. We go back to our mission statement. This is the one. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, in the natural way, born of a woman. Jesus didn't just miraculously appear, born of a woman, because it was necessary for him to be subject to the law. The law is what condemns us. It was necessary for him to be subject to the law, but also born of the Holy Spirit so that he could 
by freedom for us that we're subject to the law. We're going to find out a whole lot more about how that works next week. We're going to talk a whole lot more about how the incarnation results in our salvation. But here's what I want you to know now. That all of this happened. The incarnation changes everything and it happens in a supernatural way so that God could do this. So that we could definitively say there is one God and there is one mediator between man and God and it's the person Jesus Christ. And so if you are here this morning and you need mediation between you and God, there is only one avenue for that and it is the person Jesus Christ. I don't want you to forget that, and I don't want you to be confused, because as our kids are up here, and I look at them there, they're cute. There is one mediator between man and God, and it is the person, Jesus Christ, and he is what you need. Why don't you pray with me, and then we're going to have our kids come on in. Heavenly Father, God, you are good and gracious. Christmas is a perfect example of your grace and love poured out on a broken and lost world. Father, we celebrate today, uh, those of us that, that are following Jesus, that are claiming Jesus, we celebrate today as children of the Most High God because there is one God and there is one mediator between man and God and it is the person, Jesus Christ, who you sent at Christmas. Born of a virgin, stepped into human history so that he could be subject to the law but not be a slave to the law, and that he could set us free from the law. Father, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for all things. Amen.